Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, I'm so excited to be here, Bola. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm excited to have you on and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. And today we're going to be talking about a very big topic that a lot of listeners who are moms face, and it's basically motherhood, finding yourself and achieving your life's goals while being an incredible mom. So <laughs> before we dive into the topic, please tell everyone who you are and what you do. Yeah, I'm Kelsey Smith, and I definitely you know, I'm so excited to talk about this. It's a lot of my journey coming here. And so now I am the owner and founder of Mama Has Goals. But prior to that, I was just a mama too. And my background was actually in marketing technology and e-commerce in the wine industry. And after my first son was born, I had complications that put me in a surgery a whole year later that then put me in the ER and I ended up passing out from blood loss. And I woke up really just wondering if I hadn't made it through that, what story would I have left behind? And on paper, everything was great. And really in our family, everything was great, but I was really lacking this fulfillment. And I knew that if something had happened to me, there would have only been these check boxes left behind and not a lot of context and story for my kids to remember me by, for what I was passionate about, what I was excited about, what I stood for, what my true core values were as a human, not just as our family. And that just didn't sit well with me. And it wasn't a quick fix overnight because I had to do some of that work to figure it out on my own before I could even leave that story behind. So throughout that journey, I met some amazing resources, female entrepreneurs. And I was like, why is there not a platform that just brings all this together and a community that showcases that we can be mom, but we can also be so much more. And that's how Mama Has Goals was born. That's amazing. And, you know, sometimes it takes a difficult situation like what you went through. And that must have been so scary, right? Not just for you, but for your family members losing consciousness, you know, and being admitted into the hospital. Sometimes it takes that, I guess, eye opening situation for you to have an epiphany or like come to a realization. And amazing, not that you passed out, but amazing that you were able to. <laughs> Don't take it the wrong way, listeners. <laughs> but amazing that you were able to come up with this platform that's now helping other women, right? Based on your own experience. 
Yeah. And, you know, it was definitely probably scarier for my husband who was there than me. I woke up like, what happened? But, but, and I always say, you know, I hope you don't have to go through a life altering experience to realize that you should have your own identity and journey outside of motherhood. I always wanted to be a mom. It was something that I always wanted to do. And I, like I said, when this happened, nothing was wrong. I had a great job. We had beautiful home, great family but I just knew that I was meant to do something else. And I really needed to get clear with who I wanted to be for the rest of my life because motherhood is just one portion of us. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. As a mom myself, motherhood is certainly <laughs> one portion of it. And, but sometimes it's, it's kind of hard to, to navigate through, especially when you're a new mom or you have young kids. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you is you mentioned something called the mom funk cycle. And I'd love for you to define it for everyone listening and also explain how it differs from general feelings of being down or feeling burnt out. Like, why is this unique to moms? Yeah, well, moms are truly showing up in that, you know, motherly instinct of survival for themselves and the little humans that they're caring for. And their top priority comes keeping those children alive, kind of not even consciously. It's really this subconscious that takes over of, okay, do I have snacks for tomorrow? Do we need diapers? Do we need wipes? It's this mental load that we're constantly carrying. And this isn't to say that it isn't present for some men as well, but I do believe it's a little bit heavier for moms on average. And we often aren't conscious of it. So it becomes this mom funk cycle of checking boxes, waking up, because sometimes that's how we have to operate in a season until we're aware of how we're operating to wake up and really look at things differently. And so the difference between sadness and burnout is sadness and burnout can come from sadness and it can come from putting way too much on your plate where I believe the mom funk cycle comes from actually you can be happy and you cannot be filling your plate too much per se with actual appointments, but you've subconsciously put yourself in this cycle of just going through the motions each day rather than really being awake and living and conscious of what you need alongside everyone that you're providing things for. I can definitely really, I mean, I have experienced mom funk cycle. It's kind of like how my husband can come home from work and just disconnect, sit down, you know, have dinner, watch TV. But whereas it's difficult for me to disconnect because there's a million things going through my head, right? It's specific to the kids. So it's like, you know, dinner time, then unpacking the snack box, then (laughs) nap time, then prayer, then bedtime, then the clothes for school tomorrow and make sure we have the violin set and the piano books. And it's, I can be sitting still and all these things are running through my brain. And sometimes it's overwhelming because sometimes you feel like as a mom, and I know that you can relate to this, you just can't catch a break. Yeah. Because even when you are on vacation, you're still mom. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, what I've tried to navigate with that is let's not change that, but let's be a little more aware of how we can maybe not have so many tabs open at the same time. Because someone explained it to me that way is that typically the female brain is operating with all tabs open. If you think about your computer browser, all open at the same time, clicking in between all of them. And the men brain typically works where they open one, they do what they need to do and they close out. Then they open one and they do what they need to do and close out. 
And there's, you know, a lot that we can learn from each, right? There is good being able to jump tab to tab, but we should also figure out how to compartmentalize a little bit better at times for our yeah. own well-being. Yes, yes, I agree. So let's talk a bit more about triggers, right? So like if a mom is listening, she can start to self-identify what might be happening, right? And then we'll talk about solutions. But what are some of the common triggers that can lead to a woman being in this mom funk cycle? And how does it impact the relationship with her children? Yeah. So I think about it, you know, instead of telling me some of the triggers, I'll ask you a couple of questions. And if you're listening and this triggers you at all, then you can see some of the relationship there. Mm-hmm. But one of the most common would be, what do you like to do outside of motherhood? When someone's like, what is your favorite thing to go do? If you can't answer that, then that's a good identification that you might want to do some work to kind of get out of that mom fun cycle. And I can tell you that I couldn't have really answered this. And it's a question that's kind of like, I think about it when people are graduating from high school and you're like, so what are you doing next? And everyone's tired of answering that question. It's kind of this general question that people will ask you like, oh, what do you like to do? Tell me a fun fact about you. They are very broad, general questions, but you should have a little bit of a pull inside of you that's like, oh, this is something I get really excited about, or this is something I'm really passionate about. And if those are things that you don't feel like you can identify or answer right now, then I would recommend doing some work to really move out of those things. And if you can identify with who you are, if you look at your schedule and your week and you see opportunities for you to be you outside of motherhood, then you're on a right track because coming back to the relationship and how that impacts your children, if we don't set some of those things up, then those triggers become more present to be able to maybe resent our children or have a really low patience threshold to be able to be triggered by the smallest things in our house, whether it's with our partner or our kids, because we are carrying all of the load, all of the baggage. We have no idea who we are outside of these titles. And you may even feel used or taken advantage of or feeling like you're just on this hamster wheel and you're like, I signed up for this, I think, but when do I get off? Because I just need a break. And so if you resonate with any of that, then it's time to really look to take a step out for you. And that's just one foot in, one foot out because you're able to be both, but allowing yourself to pause and have a break and be able to see some of those triggers that are triggering you because all of our triggers are different. So really identify throughout the week. If you're like, man, I am just not feeling super happy towards the people in my home. What are some of the things that they're doing? And those are the triggers that are identifying that you're in the mom funk cycle. Mm -hmm. I really like the question that you said of asking yourself, what do you like to do outside of being a mom? That's a question I've always been able to answer. Whether or not I had time to do is a different question, (laughs) (laughs) but I've always known the things I like to do, right? I think for me as a mom of twins, the first few years were just really difficult because even though I knew what I would like to do, it was just really difficult to make time. But I, I have had conversations with friends and just people who I have heard say they can't even remember who they were before they had kids. And this is kind of like in that mom funk cycle way of saying it. Like, I don't even know what I like to do before I had kids because all I do now is kids. I can't even think to think back to what it was that I did. I think in that moment, it definitely requires some deeper, deeper exploration to kind of, I guess, get back to yourself 
in a sense, so one of the things that I struggled with after having kids was postpartum depression. And I had to figure out how to and get support as to how to just get back to being myself, feeling myself, but also being mom and also being present, right? So that, I guess, requires deeper exploration. But based on your experiences and your skill, what are some of the strategies that moms can leverage to break out of that cycle once it has begun? Because sometimes you get on this path of, I can't catch a break. I don't know who I was before kids. I guess let's say it's just this cycle. You moms know what I'm talking about. (laughs) You get into this space where it's just like, I'm not me. I don't, I'm just going with emotions, which is what you had said earlier. What are some strategies to break out of this, right? To start to find yourself again. And then how can we prevent ourselves from going back in or catching ourselves before we fall back into the cycle? Because it definitely comes in waves, right? Yeah. So first, you know, for any of our listeners today, like you're already taking one step because you're here listening and setting some time aside for yourself. So thank you for doing that for yourself. And you should be really proud of yourself. The other thing is for postpartum depression, I'm not a professional in that space, but you can definitely seek so many resources. So if you're in that space, that's something that doesn't just graduate when your baby turns one. So just also know that as well. It's something that you can carry for years and Mm -hmm. you should really seek professional support around that. So you can call your hospital and they can give you some resources locally to start uh, and feel free to contact maybe Bola for some advice on how she worked through that. And then I can give you some resources as well. If you send me a message But beyond that season of postpartum depression and anxiety, the mom funk cycle can happen at any age and you can go in and out of it. I'll even notice still, even though I'm aware of it, I'll have days and weeks where I'm like, oh man, I can notice that I'm repeating some old habits. So a strategy for breaking out of that, I would really recommend my favorite thing to do is a Sunday setup. And you might be like, what does this have to do with setting myself up? for, you know, breaking out of the mom cycle and I don't have time for this, but if you can set aside five minutes, bare minimum up to 20 on a Sunday evening and just look through your week that you have coming up ahead and just looking at your schedule, looking at the appointments that you have, thinking about what a day in the life looks like. And is there any opportunity for you to have just mental space? I was always a very busy person and I didn't realize the importance of mental space to be able to just sit with nothing on my calendar until a couple of years ago. And so identify places for you to be able to have just mental space. And that might mean waking up a little bit earlier, staying up a little bit later after the kids go to bed. Uh, If your kids still nap, maybe allowing you to use that time. But also I don't consider nap time as a valid time because it doesn't always happen if your kids are like mine. So allowing yourself to set aside morning or evening and really finding, is there any opportunity for you to receive help in that schedule? And is there anything that you see as a joy or a stressor? So to break that down, when you're looking at your week ahead, when you're looking at appointments, maybe it's swim lessons, or you said violin, and you're like, man, I just don't get good feelings in my stomach when I have to be the person in charge of making this happen or showing up in that way. Really be just more curious with yourself to start and be like, why is it that I'm so triggered by violin lessons? Why is it? Is it because I have to get everything ready? Is it because it's during a time that I don't want to drive there? Is it because it's a financial expense? What is the reason that this brings up stress for me? Maybe it's like lunch with your in-laws or something like that, that you're like, this is just not feeling good. And then on the flip side of that, if you're like, ooh, we have that this week, that's exciting. I'm excited about that. 
think about why. Why is it that you're excited about that joy versus that stressor? How can you get more joys in your schedule and less stressors would be the very first thing that I would do when it comes to breaking out of the cycle because you're able to identify your feelings alongside something rather than just out of nowhere, pretending that you're supposed to know what makes you happy. Because when you're in the mom funk cycle, it's really difficult to identify, you know what? I've always wanted to take up sailing. It's not something that you're probably going to be the first thing that comes up, but allowing yourself to just be where you're at currently and get more of the good and less of the hard. Yeah. I I love that idea of having that time on a Sunday or whenever works for whoever to make space, that mental space and just plan out what's going to be happening and identifying the areas you struggle, right? Um, I'm a busy person. My mind is always churning, even before my kids. So creating that mental space is really, really difficult for me sometimes. And sometimes I just, there is no mental space, but then I add additional work into the mental space I don't have, which then makes it even (laughs) more challenging. And some of the things that have worked for me is definitely having the schedule and spending money on resources to support me, like house cleaner, so that mm-hmm. that time I can do other things either by myself with my kids, babysitting, right? So I can go out <laughs> or I can go yeah. out with my partner, communicating to my partner that, hey, I know you're great at helping with the kids, but I actually need more help in this particular space right now, this week, this afternoon, forever. <laughs> type of thing. And then the other thing I would just add for moms, just given what you said, right around the financial expenses, one way you can help minimize, I guess, the mental burden is building your kids into your budget. And this is something that a lot of people forget to do, not because it's not obvious, but because they just don't think about it. It's an oversight or they may not have had enough time to readjust their budget as their children's lives change, right? A lot of people focus on budgeting when you first have that baby. Okay, you're going to be buying diapers and formula and baby clothes. But then as the kids get older, you want to consistently have a line item or a couple line items in your budget to support your kids as they go through activities, babysitting, projects, after school things, right? It could be even a good idea to open a dedicated children's account where you put money in knowing that certain expenses are going to be coming up or even saving for expenses that are coming up in the future, right? I know a big expense for working moms is summer camp, right? So you know your kids are going to go to summer camp or maybe you're going to have to hire childcare for the summer. You know, now is a great time to start putting some spare money into that account so that when the summer does roll around, you don't feel that mental burden of, in addition to everything else you have going on in your life, of not being able to pay for this this thing that your child needs. So I just wanted to add that in there. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. So much of our mental burden can come from finances and being able to have that line item for you and your family. And I also really like that you brought up communicating with your partner or anyone you share your home with, because so often we can carry so much on our own and it's to our own fault about from my community, I can say 75% of the time, they haven't even raised their hand or communicated what they need. And there are different opinions of 
Well, I shouldn't have to ask. Well, I just don't subscribe to that. No one, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not the person that's going to tell you, yes, they should know. No one is a mind reader. I don't want to be told that I should be a mind reader and I don't expect anyone else to be. So allow yourself to communicate. Now, if you've communicated and you're still looking for support, then that's a different conversation. But you should say, hey, you know, I'm really feeling stressed. I'm not even sure how I need help, but like, I just want you to know how I'm feeling. That's okay. You don't have to know how you need help but you should communicate how you're feeling and you should check in with yourself enough to know how you're feeling because then that can come from finances. Like you were talking about that can come from this mom funk cycle, all the appointments and things that we have. But if you don't raise your hand, no one knows that you need support as much as maybe they should. It's just, we can't put that on other people, unfortunately. Yes. And I will say that that definitely, there are a lot of conflicts in my, in my marriage about, well, you should know. <laughs> You know, as I learned, you know what, especially because there's kids and the dynamics of you and your partner and depending on how soon you have kids after you and your partner get serious, you're still learning your partners. You guys are learning each other. Then you're now learning these new people in your life. So there can be a lot of challenges and communication solves so, so, so many issues. And I learned that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but then you also have to make the effort to learn. And the thing that you said about support, you know, especially when you're a new mom, sometimes you, you don't want anybody to help you. You want to try to do it all. You want to be mother of the year, but I, I promise you it is okay to take the support. And when people offer it to you, if you trust them, you know, take the help. I've been in some very challenging situations with just being a mom of two young babies at the time where I was desperate for support. I, I didn't have it at the time because of different logistical issues. And there were times where I felt like I could do everything all by myself and I, I suffered for it. <laughs> But as I get older, I get wiser and I realize that th- there's no harm in, in in taking help. So I'll, I'll tell you like a funny story. My husband and I were going on a trip uh, to the Caribbean with our kids. They were like two or three. So that terrible two, horrific three stage. <laughs> Let's use more positive words. The good two, an amazing three stage, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and our flight is at like, I don't know, it's like at 5.30 a.m., but then it gets delayed on the tarmac and we are on the tarmac for like three hours waiting in the plane to take off. So two wow. small babies, toddlers, they had to wake up at like three o'clock in the morning to get to the airport. We get to the plane and it's like all this activity and they're just basically losing their minds. And so I, we're able to manage one of them. And then the other baby just would not, you know, when you're on a plane, you hear a baby losing their mind and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. What happened? And this is at like six in the morning. That was me. And this kid just would would not relent. It was like kicking and screaming and struggling. And I'm like, oh my God, Jesus, help me. And then somebody from the back of the plane says, Pass me that baby. <laughs> somebody pass me that baby right now. And I passed the baby to the back of the plane. And I did yeah. not see my child until four hours later. And I passed the baby back. I passed everything. My husband was like, listen, I don't know what to do. I can't help anymore. <laughs> we passed the baby and he went to some grandpa <laughs> in the back of the place and he stayed there for four hours. I needed that help in that moment. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take, because honestly, there's nowhere to go on this plane. No one can yeah. kidnap my baby. Somebody wants to help me take the baby. So sometimes you just need the help. So take it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love that story so much because so often people are thinking like, oh, getting your dishes like washed or things like that. And not that those aren't great examples as well, but sometimes you need to be put in a situation like that where you're like, I don't know if I can make it through this for another minute. And I need help. And being a strong woman, which I know so many of our listeners are, and you are, and that's the community you've created and cultivated. It is hard for us to ask for help, but I don't actually think it's as much of an ego thing for most of us as just believing we truly can like accomplish it all and not wanting to be a burden to others. I think it's less about us to be able to be like, oh, watch me. I can do it. It's more, no, I actually think I've got it under control. And I really just want you to focus on yourself over there. And I don't want to be a burden to you. And it's allowing yourself to be in that moment where you truly can't do anything but say yes to that help that sometimes it happens. But just like my story, let's not get there. Let's not get to the situation (laughs) that like is we have no other option but to do something different but allowing ourselves to really allow help in different ways. And one of my mentors, she says, if anyone offers you help, you have to say yes. Challenge yourself to say yes. And it doesn't have to be in that same way, right? So is thinking about new moms. So often people are offering to bring food or come over and hold the baby so you can take a nap. Think about maybe there isn't a version of that that feels really good to you, but how can you respond with a version of help? And I really think that that's a way to set good practices from the get-go. And you can do this at any point in time, even if your kids are older, to say, if someone says, hey, do you want me to drop them off at practice? Or can I help, you know, watch the kids for a night so you can do this? If you don't want to say yes to that for some reason, just challenge yourself to say, but you know what you could help with would actually be this. And that would be something that I would recommend. I work on this every day and it really comes back to that mental space and just like pausing and be like, what could someone help me with today, actually? And that's been huge for me. Yes, yes. You know, I totally agree. Take the help. You know, in that moment on the plane, I was feeling all kinds of emotions. I was at my wits end. I was ready to cry. I was exhausted. I was also thinking about other people on the flight who were trying to rest and these two babies are like screaming. Yeah. And I looked at my husband and he's dealing with one other baby. I'm like, oh my God. And then the other baby is kicking between the two of us, rolling on the ground, running through the aisle. I'm like, oh Lord, help us. I was at this point. And so just given that experience, because on the plane, when I've heard babies cry in the past, before I had kids, I just wouldn't think about it. It was just like an inconvenience, distraction, whatever. But now I'm very aware of it and I pay it forward. So I am at that person mm-hmm. on the plane who will help you entertain your baby, who will be like, pass me that baby. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Go to the bathroom. I pay it forward. So, you know, sometimes we we are so worried about either being able to do it or not wanting to bother other people around us like me on the plane or just whatever that emotion. But sometimes we just have to just let it go and just give ourselves the opportunity to take that deep breath if someone is trying to help us so that we can kind of get past the difficulty. Yeah. And, you know, to your point, I bet that grandpa or whoever had your your child was so happy that they could help you. And they, we all love to help people. So when you don't receive that help, you're really not allowing that person to feel that feeling and be able to be like, I made that baby stop crying on the plane. I was flying one time and I had bought my, I was flying alone, but I had a son around the same age back home. And I bought him one of those little toy airplanes in the airport to bring home to him. 
And there was a baby on the plane, very similar experience to what you're saying. And I didn't take the baby, although I would have loved to, but I opened up the airplane and passed it back. And she was like, oh my gosh, that airplane kept the baby quiet. The rest of the flight was so excited. So yeah, I think, you know, allowing ourselves to help when we see an opportunity, like you said, and also being able to receive help as much as we can and just being a good person, to be honest, like just allow yourself to just help where you can be understanding and compassionate for crying babies on planes or anything else, because we're all just trying our best. Yes, yes. Hey, everyone. Before we continue with this podcast episode, I'd love for you to check out the best-selling Clever Girl Finance book series. There are three books in the series, and the first book is Clever Girl Finance, Ditch Debt, Save Money, and Build Real Wealth. The second book is Grow Your Money, Learn How Investing Works. And the third book is called The Side Hustle Guide, Build a Successful Side Hustle and Increase Your Income. You can also check out my fourth book called Choosing to Prosper, Triumphing Over Adversity, Breaking Out of Comfort Zones, Achieving Your Life and Money Dreams. And this book highlights my personal story to building a business of impact and challenges you as the reader to dig deep into laying out what you truly want to accomplish for yourself. I wrote each of these books to empower women just like you to achieve your goals and get to the point where you're living the life you desire on your own terms. If you love these books, be sure to tell your best girlfriends and they also make the perfect gift. These books are available everywhere books are sold and you can purchase them as ebooks, audiobooks, and also physical books. And you can also ask your local library to order them as well. Thank you so much and let's get back to the episode. So I wanted to kind of shift gears. So we've talked about, you know, managing for our kids so that we can be, I guess, minimize the mom funk. We can be functional with our kids. But I want to shift gears a little bit and talk more about moms as individuals and prioritizing our own self-care. So this is independent of kids, right? We've sorted our kids out. We've planned our mental space. We've planned our Sundays. We know the schedule. Dinner is set for the week. Everybody's happy. But now that we have created this window of time within our schedules for ourselves, I want to focus on that prioritizing self-care and how moms can really focus on that prioritization while meeting the demands of motherhood and why it's so important. Because to me, self-care, especially for moms, is because we don't have that luxury of all the time in the world. It's not just about sitting in the bathtub with your glass of champagne, which is very unlikely (laughs) for most moms, right? It's it's really hard to lock the door and say, I'm going to light my candles while my child tries to jump off the steps. No, it's, but to me, the self-care is, well, taking care of yourself physically, mentally, but also that self-focus on your goals, right? You may have career goals that you're working on or want to get back to once your kids get to a certain age, your financial goals that you're planning other life goals that you just need time to focus on? How can moms really be intentional about prioritizing this? And at the same time, managing the feelings around guilt or shame that may arise? Because a lot of times when we say, okay, you know what? I'm going to prioritize. Our kids are all set, right? And like I said, we we settled our kids. I want to prioritize my career. I want to prioritize my financial goals. I want to prioritize my me time. There's a level of guilt that comes in, whether it's self-guilt or guilt that other people put upon us, right? I've personally experienced where my whole schedule is set. I've organized everything for my kids. There's no complaints anywhere. And maybe I take a trip and then someone says, oh, well, wow, you left your kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So please help us, help us. 
Yeah. So for me, you know, when I went through this, it kind of comes back to that question of what do you like to do outside of motherhood? And I would get asked, like, what do you do for self-care? And I was like, I don't know. What do I do for self-care? And I'm not, you know, I like to have my nails done if I have an event, but I'm not really like a, I'm going to go sit in the bathtub, like you said, with glass of wine and candles type of person. Now, if that really lights you up, then definitely schedule that into your week and make that a part of how you care for yourself. But when I think of self-care, I think that, you know, it's currently being displayed as a duct tape version of self-care and not really like maintaining yourself. So I kind of think of self-maintenance and self-maintenance is thought of as like, okay, brushing your teeth, taking a shower, but no, like self-maintenance of your mind, your internal body. Like, what do you need to do to maintain your ability to show up for yourself and your family? And that includes things more than taking a bubble bath. So, you know, take the bubble bath, like I said, if you want to, but allowing yourself to figure out, okay, what allows me to feel regenerated and what allows me for the long haul, not just for today to truly feel good. Right. So maybe, you know, you eat a candy bar because it makes you feel good. Well, that candy bar is not going to maintain your happiness over the long haul. So you have to figure out what are those things that really, to my core, make me feel like I am pursuing my highest, best, healthy, happiest self. And you may not know what that looks like, but that's where the work comes in is to figure out what is that vision that I have for myself. And so really when it comes to setting up your own self-care, I start with what is my vision? What is my vision for me? What is my vision for our family? Because it is a part of that. So even when you have them taken care of, how you take care of them really has to do with what are you setting your whole family up for, for where you guys want to go. So we could spend more time digging through the exact steps of creating a vision statement But I think for today, just resonate with that concept of how do I set up an ideology of a vision for myself and for our family? And what does that look like? And so start with your values. Like what are three to five values that you resonate with for you? So for me, one of my big values is growth and challenge. So that is tied into my vision, which then ties into how do I allow myself to maintain what I need for me? Because I know if I'm not challenging myself, if I'm not growing, I am not my best self. That's not a form of self-care for me. So putting myself in new environments, challenging myself, allowing myself to grow, and then finding whatever I need in order to do that. So whether it's mentorship, community, the support that I need at home or for my kids to know that I need to prioritize challenge and growth in order to achieve my personal goals and have that self-care for myself, that's one of them. I also love community. So I need to be able to have time to be able to be with others and, you know, not network, but connect with new and old friends. I need to also be able to connect with my partner. It's really important to me that our marriage is strong. So that's a form of self-care for me because if we're not strong, I don't personally feel strong. That's just how I relate to my self-care. Yours can be different. Then also I like a clean house. I like, I'm not like super clean. Don't get me wrong, but I like to know that I'm walking out to a kitchen that feels good, that it makes me feel like a different person when I walk into a home that is peaceful and not super chaos. So how am I prioritizing our house being picked up, whether it's me or I'm receiving support? How are we doing like a 10 minute cleanup each night? 
that all comes back into my self-care because I know that I show up as my best self when I have each of those boxes checked. So yours may be making sure you get a workout in, making sure that you do get your nails done, making sure you get some shopping time or your Starbucks, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be deep. It can be materialistic. That's okay. But it's allowing yourself to really get clear on what that is. What are your values? What is your vision statement for yourself? And then your mission statement is how you're executing that. So once you know where you want to go, what are you doing to be able to take the action steps to be able to get there? So that is where I would start for that. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And then I'll talk about the guilt and shame piece. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I had to do that for myself, right? Lay out what is the plan that I want for myself. Like the first year of having of having my twins was kind of like just all over the place because <laughs> I was learning who these babies were. I was learning yeah. about how to be a mom. I was dealing with postpartum depression. I was just navigating, getting back to feeling like myself. That was one of my biggest struggles. Like I just didn't feel like myself physically, emotionally, mentally. That was one of my big, 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 big struggles. So that was a lot of what I was dealing with. But once I kind of got past that second and third year, I was able to kind of get clear. Mind you, I was also starting a business, (laughs) but I was also able to get clear with, okay, this is what I want for myself. But then I also struggled in the sense that I thrive on structure, right? So I'm the person that needs to have the clean home. I need to have a schedule. I need to have a plan. I need to know what's happening ahead of time. (laughs) That's me. That's part of my personality. And one of the things that I really struggled with, I would create all these plans and I would fit all these things into my schedule, but then the baby would not nap or mm-hmm. <laughs> they'll call me from the school, come get your kids. They have pink eye or whatever. And it'll yeah. throw everything off or my babysitter were canceled or the cleaning lady can't come today or so many things, whatever. So many things would happen that would just take me off of my structure. And one thing that was really helpful was my husband was like, forget about associating time to this and just make it happen when you can make it happen. Because in my head, I'm like, okay, once I put the babies down at nine o'clock, I'm going to be reading my book at 9.15 to 10 o'clock. I'm going to take a shower. And then at nine o'clock, I have a screaming baby who's not going to bed. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So then because of that, my whole schedule is ruined. But at the same time, I may have a child who just is so overtired that decides that, you know what, I'm going to take a nap today for four hours instead of one hour. Guess what? That's three hours I have now to paint my nails and to read my book and to do the thing. So he basically was like, make it work as you can make it work and don't hold yourself to this time commitment and this date commitment, date and time commitment. Otherwise, because kids are so unpredictable, you're going to be left with disappointment. You're going to be feeling upset and then you're going to get into this whole mom funk cycle. So that's something I had to work through flexibility. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I have to give myself that grace of flexibility. Yeah. So what that looks like for me, just if it helps anyone is I only have three priorities a day. One is personally just me as a human outside of any other title. One is professionally for my business or career. And then one is for as a family. And I just try to get those three things done each day. Now, obviously I have a very long to-do list outside of that for each category and other things that I have to achieve. But at the end of the day, I measure my success off of just those three things. And I still don't hit it every time, like things happen, but it allows me to look at just three areas that I'm focusing on for each kind of category that I'm a part of. So when I can go to bed, I can be like, okay, our goal for mama has goals today was this. Did that happen? No. Okay. (laughs) Did this happen in motherhood? And did this happen for me? Did I prioritize this one thing for me? 
Because I think, like you said, it can get overwhelming. Things can happen. And so allowing us to have kind of like our fail safe success plan to say like, we can be successful no matter what today. I mean, there's definitely a percentage of things that can happen, but more than likely I can know that I'll get this done. I just don't know when then that allows you to really have more confidence in yourself and peace and ability to just be like, okay, I might not be reading first thing in the morning, but I know before I go to bed, I'm going to get that 10 minutes in somewhere because I have these three opportunities to make it happen. And like you said, maybe you're going to gain an extra three hours or a mom offers to watch the kids after school and going back to receiving help saying, okay, that would actually be great. Different things like that, that you can really allow yourself to find that time. So I definitely resonate with that. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, fun fact is I make lists all day long. I make lists for my kids, for my business. Every single day I have a list. I have a planner I use religiously, but I actually rarely, if ever, complete everything on my list. And I'm okay with that. The list is there to guide me. So like sometimes, and I know you're going to get to the guilt portion. I know sometimes a lot of moms feel guilt because they cannot complete their list, but I'm okay with doing my best and leaving the rest until tomorrow. I'm perpetually rolling it forward. But what that list helps me do is it helps me accomplish something or some things in that day so that I don't lose sight of what's important and end up not doing anything. But I rarely ever, ever complete the list of things I, yeah. I write down and I'm okay with it. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking earlier about how moms carry so much in their brain. I call it the mental clutter. Having lists allows you to get a little bit more out of your brain and just onto paper. And it allows you to kind of feel like even if you're not completing everything on that list, you've like 50% has been semi taken care of in a way that it's now on paper and not in your brain. So I do recommend making lists, coming up with ways to get things out of your brain because you are having 500 tabs open and clicking between all of them. So let's move a couple of those into a different group and that way they're not all in your brain. Yes, yes. And then one more thing I'll share that's been helpful to me is my kids are bigger now and I tell everybody, my kids, my husband that listen, I'm not a grocery store list maker. So as things finish, tell me, right? Because yeah. I order the groceries. So one day I have an open going tab on my phone in the notes. And so they're like, mom, there's no more ketchup. I put on the list. Mom, there's no more milk. I put it on the list. So everybody tells me what is finishing in the house. I put it on the list. And if you don't tell me, guess what? There's not going to be milk or ketchup this week. And that's just too bad because I don't really like either of them. So they tell me, so I get my yeah. family now to help me succeed. Like, don't let me come home to an empty fridge and expect me to automatically know everything that needs to be ordered when it's time to buy groceries. No, you guys ate it all. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and track if the list. <laughs> yeah. And if your kids are old enough that they have a device or if you're a paper person, you can do this too. And they can actually write it on the list. But my husband and I have a shared like note in our phone yes. for groceries and it's his job to add it in there, not just tell me, like, go type it in there. So then when I go to the store, it's on the list and I don't have to even hear. Whatever. And we still review it together. We're like, hey, can you think of anything else we need? But we're all busy and we all have moments that we think of something. So come up with systems in your life that allow you to do things while you're thinking about it instead of, again, carry all that clutter with you in your brain. Yeah, I agree. I do the shared notes things with my husband, but not for groceries because I'm the final, <laughs> the final, final decider of that list. I struggle with my grocery budget and you guys are not just going to be adding things to my shared list. Okay. Yeah, to blow I, my get grocery that. Budget. <laughs> I get that. So, so yeah, let's talk about the guilt aspect then. 
Yeah. And so with everything, and I think that was actually a great kind of transition is that everyone does things differently, right? And there is no right or wrong way. It's really figuring out what works for you, your vision, your family, and what you're creating. And I always come back to that when I think about guilt and shame is that I have to be so clear with my vision and where I'm going and what is right for me to know that I can't take on anyone else's opinions and thoughts if they don't feel good. And Mm -hmm. I believe that mom guilt is truly coming from a fear of judgment from others and a lack of confidence in ourselves. So if you are worried about what someone's judging you for or what their thoughts on your life is, your decisions, your choices, like you said, going on a trip, then that's going to be able to come in. It's going to pull down your confidence that is already lacking because you're curious and questioning, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right thing for me to do? So coming back to that vision statement, I really stand to that. And you don't have to know the sentences and be able to recite it off, but know the themes to be able to know, okay, when I make this decision to go on this trip, I know that I'm making the right choice because my vision is that I am traveling solo. My vision is that I'm expanding my network, that I'm involving myself in new experiences, and I'm showing my kids what's possible. Then you can really come down and say, no, I, I'm not going to feel guilt or shame around this because I know this is core to what I want for me and for my family. And it allows you to come back and have that and then pull up your confidence to be able to say, you know what, I'm actually proud of myself for doing this, even though it feels hard. I'm proud of myself for feeling uncomfortable, for making the choice to go on this trip or show up in this way. And then with each thing that you ever feel any sort of negative feeling, whether it's guilt or shame or truly anything else, I always challenge myself to think about, is there an action that I could take that would turn this into a positive? And I don't mean that in a sense of like toxic positivity. I just mean that in the sense of how can you make yourself feel better about the choice that you're making in the situation that you're in, regardless of truly what's happening. And using the trip example, I was on my first retreat for my business. And one of the other moms was there and she was like, I just don't know how I'm going to be a business owner when I feel like I can't leave my kids. I feel so much guilt. I feel so much shame. I just don't know what to do. And I was like, well, what if you tried writing your daughter a letter and just explaining why you're here and why you're doing this? And her daughter's probably too young to comprehend any of it. But I was like, what if you just wrote that out really even for yourself? And then see how you feel at the end of that. Write out the letter explaining why you're making this decision and then leave it to yourself to see, do you feel good about that decision? And why not? If you don't, is it a fear of judgment from others and a lack of confidence Or are you staying true to who you want to be and what you want for your family? So that's what I would really recommend walking through that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've done so much self-work around being a mom and navigating feelings, emotions, mom funk, that I just have zero appreciation for anybody who tries to pass judgment on me for 99.9% of the time scenarios they have no idea yeah. about, you know, and it's really where things, especially when you think about where I come from culturally, right? Like I may be home with my kids, taking care of them for a whole year. And then I will take a trip for two days and people will congratulate my husband for being such a great dad watching his kids. I'm like, excuse me, you need yeah. to congratulate yeah. me. Okay. Okay. So it's like, there's where dynamics, especially when societies and cultures have deemed roles for men versus women. And then when you start to step outside of the lines, 
but I'm quick to like tell people like, yo, well, my kids are very well taken care of. And depending on who it is, if it's a family member, I may call my mom and tell her like, listen, you better tell auntie so-and-so because the next time she brings that up, she's not going to like what she hears from me. Yeah. And I think it's okay to stand up for yourself. I do. I do now because I know the work I put in and I know like my kids are my ultimate priority, right? I work around their schedule because I want to be present because they grow up so fast. I want to be there at all the things. And so I know what I do between myself and my husband. We know what we do. And so when someone comes in and adds their two cents that we don't need, <laughs> I have no appreciation. And then the other thing for me in terms of the guilt, like, you know, for example, a recent trip I took, which I've learned my kids do not come for airport to drop offs. So when we drop dad <laughs> off at the airport, it's like, oh, bye, dad. See you later. Bye. When are you come back next week? Okay, bye. For me, whenever we go to the airport, up to my last trip, I may be going for a night, two nights. So this most recent time, my husband dropped me off. My kids are in the back. We get to the airport. I take my bags out and they start howling. Mommy, no. Mommy, don't leave me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's like hysterics. I'm like, oh my God, I'm And then I'm stressed out. I go through check-in. I go through security. I see at the gate. I'm like, woe is me. And I call my husband and they're laughing in the car. I'm like, excuse you, excuse you. You are not coming to the airport with me anymore. Yeah, I have a friend. Every time she leaves her son, he is so upset. And the moment she walks out the door, her husband's like, he is fine. Seriously, five minutes. They just want to get a rise out of you. Typically, they want to feel, you know, that they're, you're going to be missed, that they're going to be missed. And it is hard. You know, one of the biggest mom guilt things I had just is, you know, something that I feel like we hear all these things like, are you feeding your child the right way? Are you putting them to sleep the right way? Are you doing all these things? There are so many opinions. And I personally don't believe there is really a right answer. I just believe if you're keeping your baby safe and healthy and you are trying your best, then you're doing a great job. And that's really all that matters. But my I'm youngest, of the same opinion. I'm of the same yeah, opinion because there's lots you of want breastfeed formula feed, <laughs> mom baby led weaning purees. I don't care what you do. I just you know, however you're making mom life work for you and you're making yep. it through, then that's great. Yep. And my youngest was having such a hard time sleeping last year, and we could not get him to go down on his own. I was just like the worst sleep regression was just not doing well. And so I was like, okay, we're going to let him like not full cry it out, but we're going to put him in his crib and we're going to just like, you know, not pick him up instantly right away. Well, the very first day that I did this, he jumped in his crib and hit his head on the side of the crib and had the worst bruise on the front of his face. And I tell you the mom guilt that I had for that was the strongest mom guilt that I have ever had in my life. And I felt horrible. And his care provider was like, what happened? And I was like, I'm a horrible mom. That's what happened. And it was just like this thing that I carried with it. But what I then was able to separate with after that was like, you know what? I knew that I needed sleep and I knew that he was needing to figure out how to go to sleep on his own. And I tried something that didn't work. I learned from my mistake and I'm continuing to go from it. And that doesn't, if you choose to do cry it out, I'm not saying that it is a bad thing. It just didn't work in that moment for our family to be able to do something like that. But it allowed me to really take that moment of feeling this intense, like shame and guilt and step back and be like, okay, why am I feeling this way? And why do I care that everyone's judging me? If I know that my baby is safe, if I know that I'm doing okay things and that this was just 
babies fall and they get a little beat up and that happens. But why am I allowing people to have this control over how I feel and what that feels like? And same thing with, you know, people talking about the responsibilities and the roles is when I started Mama Has Goals, I had an over full-time job. My youngest was under a year old. We had a toddler and we have two other family businesses. Our household is very you know, blessed and busy. And we love that. And I remember we had someone helping with the kids one day and she was like, you're so lucky that your husband helps you in the mornings. And I looked at her and I was like, yeah. And he's happy. He's lucky that I help with all these things. And like you said, there's just cultural differences and we have to figure out where we want to step in with that guilt and that shame and to say like, hey, you know, this is the dynamic of our home, what we're choosing to do and allowing ourselves to be confident in each of those situations. But there's so many ways that this arises with our own projected feelings as well as society and everyone beside us. So just know you're not alone. And if you ever need someone to hype you up and you're feeling guilt or shame, slide into my DMs or bolas and we'll make sure that you know that that's not welcome here. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you bring back so many memories of the cry it out, don't cry it out, put the baby in the, in the crib. Oh my gosh, so many opinions. Yours got bruised, mine went into the bed, he threw up. And then when he realized oh. he threw up, he rolled his whole body in everything oh, he threw no. up. But by the time I got there, I had a baby covered from head to toe. <laughs> oh my goodness. And whatever he had just needed. So what I would do is because one twin would just fall asleep, I would put the other one on my back and I would walk around our house. And so there was like a period of two years where I was walking around from like nine to 11 with a baby on my back. I would tie him like traditional African style with like a wrapper on my back. And my husband and I, one of our, I guess, quality time things was watching a TV show after the babies had gone to bed. We didn't watch anything for TV. We didn't know it was trending. We didn't watch anything on TV at all because I was walking around the house with a baby on my back. (laughs) And it's okay. I let it work. People are like, put that baby down. Let him cry it out. I'm like, listen, this baby will cry it out and then cry you out. Okay. Yeah. It's not working for me. Yeah. You just have to figure out what works for your family and, you know, try a couple of things on for size, do your research, ask nice people for their support and advice and opinions. And, you know, just figure out what works for you. And I mean that in early stages of motherhood to coming back again to your identity and getting out of the mom funk cycle, like find someone that looks like they're out of the mom funk cycle. And I'll tell you that there's always people, I'm sure, well, you have days still that you're like, man, who am I today? There's always seasons where we feel like maybe better or we're challenged in a different way, but find someone that you can look up to in a version. You don't have to want to be everything of that person. But if you're like, man, I go to Bullet for finance. Like I go to Kelsey for mom stuff, like whatever that is that you can go to and say, I like that person for fitness. I like that person because of how she eats. That person has cute nails, whatever it is that you're looking for support around, you go and find that person for just one piece to your puzzle. And you say, can you just tell me like one thing I could do today? Just like one thing that I could get your support around. And then you'll be able to start taking steps and try it on for size. And if that one doesn't work for you, that's okay. Go find somebody else to ask. And, you know, don't cry it out that time. Do a different thing. (laughs) And sorry to anyone we're offending with our cried out comment. I know. I know. It's not work for us. It didn't work for us. And, you know, people have such strong opinions on it. And I'm not here. Again, I'm not here. This is not a cried out episode. This is just 
regardless of what you have going on in life. Yeah. Regardless of what you go and have and on, someone's going to hate on what you're doing. Someone's going to love what you're doing. You just figure out what works for you. Yeah. Whatever works for you is what works for you. Right. So yeah. But Kelsey, thank you. This has been so, so great. Before I let you go, I have to ask you, what is your Clever Girl superpower? I feel like my Clever Girl superpower changes in every season of my life. And I'm in such a transitional like state right now. But I think that my Clever Girl superpower would be problem solving, which can get me in trouble because I always <laughs> want to find a better solution. And I want to be able to solve every problem. And you just can't solve every problem. But that has also served me in many seasons and really well. I'm very curious and a great problem solver and very strategic. So I'm going to go with that. I love that. I love that. And then finally, please tell everyone where to find you, how to reach you, mention sending a message. Where can they send you messages and learn more about your business and the support you can offer? Yeah. So Mama Has Goals is a free platform. You can find it in any app store or you can go to mamahasgoals.com. And Mama is spelled M-O-M-M-A, has goals. And you can find me on Instagram under that. The app is in Apple and Google Play Store. You can download that, join our pods and communities. We have one for finance and investing, and then anything from season of life, interest in home dynamic, what you may be navigating from single and adoptive parents to toddlers and teens, grandmas, and beyond. And then the filing cabinet is where we feature our resources on all different topics for you to be able to take that next step in whatever you need. So go and check that out. And if you want to chat a little bit more personally, you can text me at 707-347-0319. Just text the word podcast to 707-347-0319. Thank you so much for having me, Bola. This was great. And I'm super excited to be connected to your community. And I can't wait to see how I can learn from you and grow and absolutely love what you're building here. Thank you so much. And we will be sure to put all that information, including the number to text in the show notes. So please check the show notes for that information. Thank you so, so much, Kelsey. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.